report. Everything's status quo, sir. Very well. If um, anyone needs me, I'll be in my ready room. Welcome to the Ready Your Room, the only and longest-running Star Trek The Next Generation rewatch podcast that is now fully embracing the Deep Space Nine lifestyle. My name is Mitchell Mills, Chief Consultant of Services of Paramount. With me is my life partner, Brandon Hobbs. Each week we're bringing you behind-the-scenes stories of TNG and um, our opinions. Brandon, how are you? Uh, Mitch, I'm okay. Um, I was telling you off mic earlier that, uh, <laughs> had a little bit of a mix-up at Wendy's today. Yeah, it sounded tragic and frustrating. It, it was, it was so difficult, um, it was so difficult, Mitch, I almost broke down crying. They Were you shaking? got my order wrong. I, I was shaking. I was shaking, and I was, uh, I tweeted it at Wendy's, um, telling them how unacceptable it was that they got my order wrong and i i had to reorder all of my food now could you detail uh, your exact order for the for the instance yeah sure so i got a spicy chicken sandwich which is the only really good menu item at wendy's besides the frosty but um and then i also got two junior cheeseburgers one to have with the spicy chicken and one for later when I get hungry oh, at midnight. That's a real fat guy strategy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, let me ask you a question. Do two junior cheeseburgers um, combine to form a regular cheeseburger? I think in terms of content, yeah. Calorically, they're together they would be 500 calories. Mm. So two of those. I'm impressed. Uh, which, that... which is, yeah. yeah. I'm impressed that yeah. anybody eating at a Wendy's knows what a calorie is. <laughs> Well, Wendy's a little more upscale than McDonald's, so. Oh, you know me. I'm always been. A, I'm always a Mac guy. The thing is, though, when you order on the app, on on pretty much any app, I think McDonald's has the calories listed right there, which wow. is great. That can't yeah, be good for nuts. business. Uh, well, like you said, I don't know if the average McDonald's customer is worrying about that. Yeah, calories are much less a kilocal. Yeah, as, as yeah, say. a kilocal. When, <laughs> how many people do you think have gotten confused, like growing up in America, knowing what a calorie is, then going overseas and seeing a kilocalorie uh-huh. and thinking it's actually a thousand calories? Oh, I, I I know there's been at least one person with that experience. <laughs> you, you look at something and it's like, oh, 300 kilocals. They're like, what? A bit how? rich for my blood. <laughs> <laughs> a kilocalorie is actually the correct, I'm sure you know the correct term. Yes. Uh, we just shorten it. How about how about countries that use jewels, uh, like Jules Verne? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they measure they measure food and how much energy was expended by Jules Verne across his his lifetime. As far as standards of measurement go, I mean it's no less arbitrary than you know using the moon or whatever. Well, yeah, it's weird though. It's I mean. How many countries use jewels? I, like, uh, Oceania does, right? Yeah, Oceania is less a country and more of a continent. Well, yeah, but it's like two countries. Two yeah. countries that matter. Oh, yeah. And they're let's How be many... real, they're basically the same country, those two. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, they... Honestly, I can't tell the difference. 
They can't either, which is why they get they pretend to get so hostile about it. It's to cover up their insecurities. Which is a strategy I'm well, well familiar with. Getting angry to cover <laughs> up your insecurities. Uh, I'm looking up. I'm looking up what countries use jewels. I might not be able to find this. I don't want to bog us down too much here, but but it's um, good for the geographical education part of the readier room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We do need that segment in every every week. I'm a big fan of uh, educating the kids. Uh, yeah, I don't. I personally use MJ here in Florida. What is M megajoules? Millijoules? Kilo? Is it a joule? I don't. It could be like a a megabyte. What is this? (coughs) Fuck it. Still, it 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 really. I don't know. It makes me feel uncomfortable when I when I look at uh, a nutrition facts label and it says it's measured in joules. Yeah, I mean, um, it, of all the things that produce a deep, unseated discomfort within me, it's certainly one of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I didn't finish my story. The food that I did get, because I ordered on the app, the food that I did get was someone else else's food with the name Brandon. Bizarre. But it was like it was like Brandon B or something instead of Brandon H. Mm. So, um, I opened it up, and... This guy, he's a psycho. He got two uh, uh, fried chicken bacon sandwiches, mm. which has, it's nasty. It has like the, the regular like American cheese on it. Well, just the combination bacon. of chicken and bacon. Yeah, a- yeah, yeah. Well, well, ch- this could work. This could work if there was ranch on it. Okay, but there's not. No, but there's not. And the, the bun is just like a normal bun it's not like the special one you get with the spicy one try putting it in the oven <laughs> it's it's just it, it boggles my mind uh but that's not the worst of it he got a large coke not diet coke not medium diet coke not small diet coke he got a large coke large and frog. uh and even worse um he got a large frosty and i was trying to avoid Get it, like I wanted a frosty. I was sitting uh, looking at the app for about five minutes, thinking, mm-hmm. hmm, "Should I get a frosty?" But I was like, "No, nah, they're too calorically dense. It's not worth it. It's gonna give me brain freeze, and I'm gonna feel gross after eating it." So, of course, they give me a, a large frosty and um, chocolate or vanilla. Chocolate, although vanilla is also good. And I I stood there just staring at it, wondering what I should do with it. And I took a couple of bites, and then I started crying, and I shoved it down the kitchen sink drain smart i mean you and, didn't uh, you didn't finish the whole thing no not even close right you still uh you can still eat tomorrow whereas had you eaten the entire frosty well that would have that would have been right i would have i would have had to fast <laughs> especially considering the uh the 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 camping overnight videos i do exactly uh, at the fast food restaurants yeah i mean those take a lot of prep uh, caring for your health um while also wanting to shovel in uh, several days worth of fast food over the course of eight hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and you know there there is there are a few YouTubers that are able to do that, and they're they're basically the role models, really. They're my role model. Yeah, yeah. Um, they have they have their steering wheel tray. 
set up. Which they always like spin in their hands to show off. Yeah, right, right. I'm, I'm into it. I'm into a lot of what's going on here. Flash the logo. <laughs> Flash the logo. Cheese pull. We are um, big fans of this type of organization. <laughs> Suffice it to say. What 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 do they call themselves? Food tube. Food tube. Um, or, they have, or, like, or you food, if you will. You you. That sounds that sounds almost pornographic. Yeah, they do have conventions. You show up, you watch somebody else eat. Uh, maybe <laughs> maybe if the mood strikes you, you eat something on the way home. <laughs> Optional. <laughs> do they they all sit at those like really long table like uh, across from each other and they just watch each other eat like really really grossly. Kind of like a great hall setup. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Except, but they can't take their eyes off each other. <laughs> they have to shovel food in their mouths while they watch the the person across from them do the same thing. A combination buffet human zoo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like the combination Pizza Hut and Taco Bell. Right, right. Um, probably just as I had to put this, just as enticing just as morally acceptable as the combination pizza on taco bell right 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 i got big uh, news oh yeah so i've been upping my tea game recently my tea game has been upped um, oh you're uh you're uh you're taking more tea i'm i'm taking more tea and i'm taking care not to spill it but with this I uh, yeah, I'm still drinking pretty basic tea flavors. I don't want I don't want to go too hard on that. I still like Earl Grey and such, but mm-hmm. um, I've started putting in this sugar and syrup that's made from rum. What? Yeah, so it's like a jar of a bunch of um, thick granulated sugar cubes, rectangular prisms, okay. and it's and and it's in thick syrup and all of it is made from and tastes of rum wow yeah so i i like the delivery method here yeah it's good and it's not like the alcoholic content isn't too high you don't need an id to buy it but um it's just tasty and Mm. i enjoy it and it's like i said it's up to my tea game excuse me now did did you did you buy that locally or from an import shop um import shop okay they have a whole line of them of different yeah i think one was made from gin maybe do you, do you know where it's from no oh. uh, probably someplace in the caribbean if i had to guess based off the uh the type of liquor <laughs> never mind the whole line that you're just about to tell us about <laughs> you know you got to make way for what's important in life <laughs> speaking of what's important in life there's nothing more important than connecting with our fans and um our only fans and we do this via our weekly question of the week that we source from them and answer live on the podcast which is called our question mm-hmm. of the week segment and we're here to do that right now um so this week's question of the week comes from one john v caravitis Car- caribbean caravitis Caravitis. Caravitis. Caravitis? Caravides? Caravides. I don't know. Um, from Ukraine, who who asks, 
Hey, Admirals, I just watched a very interesting documentary. Uh, uh, um, it's called Chaos on the Bridge, and I'm wondering if you've seen it. Is that all really true? And thank you for being you, John. Okay. Um, it's, it's going south very quickly. Let me set the record straight mm. on this. Once and for all, get it, get it out there, because, you know, some people declined to cover their bases and who they interview when making um, documentaries and it's that is what that is but that documentary from the way it's presented is is it's lies and slander by people who for whatever reason wanted to make us look bad explicitly mm-hmm. um, us the show everything I mean the section with Denise talking about she only ate tomato slices. <laughs> you know this. I have it on full authority mm. that she was there devouring foot-long sandwiches every single day of shooting. She always mm. said, well, one for me, one for my other self. And just had two. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah, she was she was bad. She was very bad. Yeah. And Patrick? In the documentary, he said we had no food for him at all. But, I mean, it was his fault. He would come on, insist on only eating scones, start stamping his feet... Shouting, give me Sconey, give me Sconey, over and over. And he just wouldn't take it. And now I had what I thought were scones in a lovely spread for him. But no, it's the, that's the American scone. It's not the, not the proper English scone. Yeah, yeah, it's not cultured enough, I guess. Oh, it's shaped differently. Oh, this one's more crumbly. You're like, suck my fucking cock. Yeah, well, you know, we, we, had, uh, we had English muffins already for him. Remember right. that? Yeah, we, we, we spread them out. We put a little uh, UK flag on each corner of the tray. Like, welcome, yeah. welcome, captain. And he doesn't give a shit. We, we even put some Marmite out there. Yeah. Now, it was terrible because the Marmites ate through the wood of the table. But um, we still tried our best. But whatever. Yeah, they, they don't tell you that about Marmites. Is they're, actually, uh, they're actually pretty dangerous. <laughs> exactly you gotta watch out but for everybody at home don't believe everything you see on the internet there's plenty of people who go out and tell lies just to get views to whatever product they're shilling and chaos on the bridge is one such example Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah and you know if if not lies then just um you know uh, convenient exaggerations you know definitely uh Maybe maybe the subject of the documentary is funded by by the people making it. Um, maybe they're thrust into situations they normally wouldn't have been, if not uh, for being on camera. So maybe people just make up an interesting story to have more time on camera. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Maybe maybe someone uh, starts a, a a coup just for the sake of it. Yeah. So. Not a fan. Now. No. There will be chaos on the bridge if these people don't shut their fucking mouths. <laughs> That's right. We'll show them chaos on the bridge. Right. Let's see what happens with Picard season three, huh? See see how they like doing it without us. Assholes. Uh, speaking of which, uh, Picard season two aired yeah. the other day. Yeah. Which I have, is exciting. I have fond memories of working on it, but I did not watch it. Yeah, yeah. No, we'll probably, we'll probably sit down and maybe binge it. Uh, it's a little too fresh in our minds, I think. I mean, it's exciting to see the way things always look completely different, you know, on the screen right. th- than they do while you're filming it, of course. But uh, so we are excited to see it, but uh, we just haven't had the time yet. 
Um, but we are all very excited for for everyone to see what we did uh, with that season. Uh, especially with Guinan. Especially that one scene where she... Uh... Oh, I don't want to spoil it. Yeah, well, you know, Guinan is always, was always going to be the hot topic to watch, so... I don't think we need to tell anybody to get excited for Guinan, but at the same time, yeah. get, get excited for Guinan. You know? She's a, she's a little sexier than than she ever was before. So it's, it's a sexier Guinan than we've than we've yet had. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, okay, so we are talking this week about uh, the high ground. Yeah. With the um, not the Stevie Wonder song, mind you. Now, granted, how you could make that mistake, I'm not entirely sure, for several reasons. Yeah. But um, I just want to make sure the audience is is known, it's known that we're talking about the episode of TNG of that title. Right. We don't usually review music here. Right. Oh, but hold on. I just want to point out, if you too have a question the week you want us to answer, send us an email at room at gmail.com. We'll answer it. Probably. That's right. Okay. High, That's right. High ground. Uh, to make sure they know how to spell it. Oh, the the readier room with a capital T and two capital R's, then the at mark. Um, no underbars here. Yeah, uh, the the second capital R is at the start of the word readier. Right. right no, right. the start of the word room. Right, not the end so of the word readier. The word readier. Right. If you write it right. like that with a, the final R and readier cap, it'll bounce back and it just won't work. Well, actually, someone took that uh, took that handle uh, fairly recently. I don't know if you noticed. I suspect. Mm. It's someone from the orb. We used to be on good terms with the orb. I don't know what happened. What this falling yeah. out's over? Well, you know, you you get you get more popular than right. than someone, and sometimes they just can't handle it. Oh, I always, you know, if I'm gonna be full full disclosure here, I'm listening to the orb. I've always found that podcast to be too ponderous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's 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 pretentious, is what it is. Right. And you gotta know when to get out of the game. Right. Like, they're on, what, episode 20 by now? That's probably, that's mm. that's way too much. It's stretching themselves thin. Right. Which, for, uh, for a spherical orb, is, is astounding. <laughs> that's the high right, ground. That's right. The high ground. Uh, uh, okay, I'm, I'm gonna go first, I think, this week. You seem fired up about this. You just wanted to charge right in. Um, yeah, you know, I was, sorry, I, I I forgot about plugging uh plugging the the, the account. Okay, you okay. forget sometimes. You forget I, sometimes. I even I forget sometimes. Yeah. All right, All right so the, the the high ground. Um, bad episode. You think? Mm-hmm. I think. I think it it, it proposes this. First of all, it seems like it was written to be a, a, an episode about terrorism, which is not what Star Trek usually does. Right. Do you think uh, that's they, inherently bad? No, 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 not necessarily. But it's it's none of the episodes really came from the idea of like, okay, here's a contemporary social or political issue. Let's write an episode about it. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think it's it's there are a lot of pitfalls that you have to deal with uh, potentially that you won't when you write an episode and then kind of conform maybe a contemporary message around the plot or something if it if it works um they they propose an interesting question and then do nothing about it um they they offer no real statement um b- uh, besides terrorism is bad essentially um okay 
and uh, that that bothered me. And 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 aside from that, I mean, the 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 plot just wasn't to me very interesting. <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of downtime, a lot of boring scenes. But uh, yes, that's the general gist of what I thought. But well, what about you? I think a lot of that's true. Um, well, it's certainly true. I, I think I agree with a lot of it. I mean. I don't think it's a particularly good episode, but I don't think it's all that bad either. I, I think mm. that there is enough play to the, um, this is going to sound ridiculous, to the is terrorism bad discussions that, that populate mm. the episode. Um, and I enjoyed the stuff of the uh, uh, Crusher's time as a hostage, her interactions with the with the terrorists I thought were re- relatively um, engaging television. Mm-hmm. So I don't find all that much to actively dislike, even though parts of the episode just weren't very um, exciting or were flat at times. They never veered into offensive or outright boring, at least for long stretches of time. I will agree with you that they didn't veer into offensive and this isn't this isn't a bad episode to me like, you know, the other bad episodes we've had this season where we've either fallen asleep or stopped watching halfway through. Right. Uh I did sit and watch the entire episode, my attention it, it was kept. So it's not it's not terribly offensive. I, I do agree with that. Put that on the box. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um the thing is though, it's just like there's no real aha moment where you're like okay this is this is why i'm watching the episode i don't know like i don't know i don't even know how to start discussion of this episode if without just immediately going right through it from the beginning because um not a lot really happens or or there's there's no real crux there's no climax that really stands out to me in this episode yeah i agree i think the episode's lacking um a clear thesis it might be a good word for it, especially when mm-hmm. it it just seems to, again, hone in on yeah, terrorism actually is bad. It's like okay, it's a great yeah yeah. <laughs> Thanks for um, that. Yeah, so why, why don't we why don't we just get right into it and um, talk talk through the episode? Okay, well it's it quickly becomes apparent through the episode because that it's a crusher episode. Um, yeah, yes, 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 it is. Yep. Mm-hmm. The Enterprise crew is down on some planet, aiding with something, but uh, there's a explosion, and Crusher is very obstinate about helping the victims of it, which is about as brute force an impetus for the for the plot as it was an impetus for the episode itself. Um, mm-hmm. Gates is very heavy-handed in making sure that there was a Crusher episode. Which, you know, <laughs> you can't help but judge her for. She threatened to walk. Um, and if she didn't get her way. We didn't want to give her away. But Gene was into this. He said, because in a previous season there was Pulaski played by Gates, of course. But it was still a different character. Then back to Crusher. And Gene just had, he said, no more new doctors. No new doctors. Can't do it. Right, um, right. Give her whatever she wants. And that's how we ended up with a Gates, I'm sorry, a Crusher-centric episode. But in terms of the plot itself, they have every reason for Crusher not to be there. 
there's some bodies on the ground they need medical help it's like okay the local doctors are on the way okay we can beam them back to the enterprise right right it's a little convenient isn't it yeah it's extremely convenient and you know whatever it's not the first trek episode to fall victim to plot convenience but Mm -hmm. it's still just not very um satisfying of a beginning yeah yeah sure um it's it's a little. St- I do I do want to note that uh, the well, do, do they say Rudian or Rushian? Rushian, I believe. Rushian. It's. Oh. Oh. Rushian, Russian. Ah. The There's... the Rushian Plaza that this opens up in is um, just for the audience's knowledge. Uh, that was a, a redressed, very heavily redressed shuttle base set, which is pretty cool. Really, I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks nothing like it, does it? I, yeah. I I really enjoy these uh, these big open like vestibule type sets. We got one. Uh, was it the, the most the the previous episode with the the escape prisoner? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it opens a similar way in that episode too. It starts with them on on ground in this like big vestibule area on a planet. Uh, I always like those sets for some reason. What about the um the African planet set? That was <laughs> we we talked about this recently. Yeah, he's coming um, out. I believe, by the way, I believe, and I don't have full authority on this, but I believe that set was reused on DS Nine. Really? Uh, no. Heavily redressed, but the 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 seating, like the the amphitheater seating bench. Mm-hmm. Looked very, very similar to something I saw in DS9. Oh no! <laughs> um, yeah, that was that was probably the worst set I've ever seen in my life. Right, where um, it was a backlit silk screen. Yeah, that that was the worst part of it too. We got a few of those kinds of sets though. Anytime, anytime there's like a a prominent sky area. It, it ends up looking really cheap, you know. So when they do like the 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 swamps and the forests, hmm. you can kind of get away with that sometimes. Or or like the like the Jordy episode where he's he's down on the planet, right? And you know you're you're he's crawling around rock sides and caves and stuff. That's fine because it's dark and. But anytime you try to illuminate uh, <laughs> a set with with unnatural light from what appears to be a a, a mono, mono, mono color sky, it's uh, not very convincing to me. I'll say it at least gives a visual, a terrible visual identity to early TNG. <laughs> yeah, it certainly does. It certainly does. You look at that um, and you're like, oh, yes, season one. Ah, oh, I'm home. Right. It reminds me of the original series a lot, which, you know, isn't a good thing, given that they're uh, pretty far apart in... In terms of uh, air dates, uh, yeah. So, so uh, Crusher and Data are eating or something, or Worf. I don't know. Eating? Um, they're eating at some restaurant, and oh, you're and, right. Uh, that was so Gates weird. delivers delivers such a stilted line when she calls for the waiter. Uh, it, did this bother you? It didn't. It didn't register to me. Could you? Um, 
jogged my memory. I, I I don't know if I could do it, but she was I don't know. She was like wait, waiter or something. I don't know. I, I I don't. Okay, but it wasn't natural. It was just bad delivery. There was something unnatural about the either the way she said it or how she moved or how the conversation flowed. All right. Um, and the second the second she calls for the waiter, a bomb explodes. Maybe it was the trigger word. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> okay. Now, now and, uh, here's my theory uh, or my. I don't know, my, my umbrage that I'm taking. While they're sitting down and, and casually enjoying a meal at this restaurant, the, the dialogue from either them or others is talking about the massive lockdowns and curfews that are going on right now and how everybody uh -huh. needs to be out of the streets because of terrorist activity. But they're just at a operating open restaurant. Right. And, and nobody seems to have any alacrity going on. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I guess that is kind of weird. I didn't pick up on that. So, huh. Well, together, you and I can nitpick every single line in this fucking episode. <laughs> Should I just open the script and we can go down <laughs> line by line? We can do a reading of it? Control F, Worf. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so long story short, uh, these terrorists end up capturing um, Crusher in probably one of the funniest ways ever. Is... Where she's standing there and some guy just teleports in and grabs her arm and teleports out well that's no a, resistance that's a well-known um hollywood thing and it's it's it extends to real life as well you grab a woman's arm and she is defenseless nothing that mm, she can mm. do you've, you've got yeah. her we, we've used this to great effect in our personal lives yes yes <laughs> um i know that whenever you know yeah i mean I'm not gonna get too far into this, but you know, there's always people who want to do some non-consensual role play. Well, you grab someone's arm, and you know, you got them. Mm -hmm. That's that's the mm -hmm. key. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I've done a lot of non-consensual role play uh, out in the streets, in bars, at grocery stores. Yeah, you just uh, slip them a wink while it's going on. They realize the, you know. It's all just a role play. It's all. It's all just. It's all just. It's. It's pretend. Right. I'm just goofing. <laughs> so they get Troy, and uh, then it, I think it cuts pretty much immediately. Okay, uh, it must be said that uh, everyone is telling Crusher to. Uh, everyone's telling Crusher not to do this. Like Data says, stop doing this. Worf says, stop doing this. Picard says, stop. But she's like, no, and then. And then Riker looks at Picard and he's like, "Oh, I don't want to deal with her. If you beam her up, if you if you beam her up, I don't want to deal with her." So they just let her keep doing it, which seems like a really bad power dynamic. Yeah, I don't really understand uh, the amount of tolerated insubordination that goes on within Starfleet. <laughs> it seems like yeah. every other episode, if they're not um, insubordinate to Picard, Picard is insubordinate to some admiral. And um, sure. it's all about the ends justifying the means, and nobody, right. <laughs> nobody has ever faced punishment or anything. Right, uh, and and it's particularly evident in this episode. It's very weird, and I I think I think it goes uh, a bridge too far. Oh, that's 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 a good name for a Star Trek documentary. A bridge too far. A bridge too far. A bridge too chaotic. <laughs> <laughs> It goes it goes a little too far in this episode, um, but yeah. So so they get Crusher, the the, the terrorist taker. We're back on the Enterprise. Um, Picard and Troy with with a beautiful shirt. 
uh, way, in this episode. Yeah. Um, she's got her hair down and everything. She's looking like a, an actual, like, somewhat maybe attractive woman. I don't know. That's Troy's blue period. <laughs> is she had blue periods? <laughs> she is oh, beta Zoid. She is beta Zoid. Yeah. Um, yeah, they, they, they got Wesley in there, and, and Picard's like, oh, I, I assure you she will be okay. And uh, it, something bothered me about this scene where um, he says, I think they're going to use her as a bargaining chip. And okay. then Wesley looks around incredulous and says, bargaining chip? <laughs> okay. As, as if he didn't know what a hostage was. Right? Uh, yes, yes. That's true. Not just me, is it? No. Um, so that was stupid. I how do you feel about um Picard, you know, baby talking Wesley? Wesley's like, Oh, I wanna I'm going on the away team and Picard's like, No, honey, we need you here to <laughs> to calibrate the the sensors. Right, right. <laughs> well, I don't know. I think that's par for the course. I mean, yeah, he's he's never really been one to send Wesley on the away team. Yeah, that's true. It's not a big deal. It's not. I don't know. It didn't bother me too much. But when you put it like that, it's funny. Uh, it's most things I say, to be honest. <laughs> Real jokey boy. Yeah, you're jokey boy number one. That's what my t-shirt says. <laughs> it's like the cat in the hat right the jokey boy um, in a t-shirt <laughs> yep yeah that's exactly what it is oh uh, um okay so uh, much of this episode takes place in a in a cave set uh which i wasn't too thrilled about it's a little boring yeah but... it is visually boring it, it... I really hate saying that these things make sense onto the plot because you can you can write whatever fucking pl plot you want. <laughs> yeah, basically, they 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 could have easily like had some kind of like abandoned warehouse outpost or something, anything but a cave. But whatever, it's not a big deal. It turns out that uh, the terrorist, uh, I guess their leader is is this guy named Finn. Yes, played by Richard Cox. Yes. Um, Man of only one cock, but the name stood. Yeah, yeah. There, there was a lot of debate about this until, you know, one one of us finally was able to take a peek. But a peek um, behind the curtain, if you will. If you will, the meat curtain. <laughs> Disgusting. <laughs> um. So it, it turns out they only want Crusher to uh, fix some sickness that they're having because they're in order to teleport, they're using some weird multi-dimensional device that gives them that like destroys their DNA, like radiation poisoning. Yeah. Which I mean, I, the whole plot makes sense. Kidnapper, yeah, she's a doctor, but um, I don't know. I wish that the effects of that were more pronounced over the course of the episode. So, for mm -hmm. example, the the Finn, he tele teleports with that many times. And you kind of see his health degrading, but it doesn't become a plot point. Sure. Um, Picard and Crusher, they use it once or twice, and they're slightly worried about the effects on their bodies, but that also never comes up. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. It seems like a missed opportunity. Nothing really offensive, but... 
the thing that kind of bothered me is that um, very quickly, Crusher deduces that she can't do anything to help these people. So it feels like there's no reason for her to really be there anymore. Um, I mean, there is because, of course, the episode starts getting into this idea of like, okay, well, you you say you haven't taken sides, the, the Federation, but you participate in trade with this group of people that's oppressing us, which is an interesting thought experiment. Yeah. Um, uh, that goes nowhere, of course, but... I think that and the ter- the discussion on terrorism both had potential, unrealized potential. Um, mm-hmm. I wish they would have kind of focused on one or the other. Yeah, instead of having no focus. <laughs> yeah, because they bring both of these points up and then it kind of falls flat. Mm. Yeah, because like we said earlier, the episode doesn't have an overarching thesis, so it's just ideas thrown out into the to the aether that don't coalesce mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. originally the episode did have more of a thesis it was more pro-terrorism but rick felt that was a little too subversive for primetime audiences so instead mm-hmm. we had to write like this morally gray stuff take the scene out of data with the bomb strapped to him in the holodeck the whole thing i forgot about that see that was interesting like right that the episode would have had a point at at, at that point at that point yeah it really it could have been something it was just it's just it's a shame it's a shame but what are you gonna do i i we did film that right or did we not no we did uh dress rehearsal for it but the script um, changed at the 11th hour it's a shame yeah we had, the, had that on the blu-ray we had the prop um there's probably a photo of brent wearing it somewhere but mm-hmm. it's about as far as it goes yeah well ensigns uh do your best Find it for us. Ensigns get it done. One thing that I really uh, found funny about this episode is that anytime they're on the planet, mm-hmm. uh, any scene with like a bunch of extras just makes them all look like they're clones of each other. Well, this goes back to the absolutely terrible design for this race, where it's it's <laughs> it's an alien race based around dyeing your hair. <laughs> yeah, all all men have black hair with a white streak, and all women have red hair with a white streak i think it's like a brown streak i know it's dark oh yeah yeah okay sure yeah yeah it's some kind of streak right and they all wear the same clothes and and it's just weird did you um did you also laugh at the i think it's like the second commercial break sting where he uh finn says i see no reason to kill you (laughs) and then it's like It's, you've just given me information that makes me know that she's safe. It's like, no, is Crusher going to really... survive? Ah. <laughs> that was, that was, they, they really, when they get these, these, these commercial break stings wrong, they get them really wrong. Oh yeah. And it's so funny. Now it, it's, it's funny watching it on like Netflix or DVD. Cause yeah, you know, you see the, the weird tone and you register it and then the episode continues. You forget about it. But if you're watching it live on television and it cuts to commercial, you have like three, two, three minutes of um... <laughs> just sitting and reflecting on it. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> what the hell was that? <laughs> <laughs> you're right. You're right. Oh God. Um, it's around this time that, that Finn describes to Crusher how they're, they're able to teleport, of course, because she needs to know why people are sick. Um, and then after that sting, we, we cut back to the enterprise and, uh, 
it's it's Jordy and Wesley and Data, I think. And yeah. so okay, so so here's the sequence of events. We learn how the terrorist group is able to teleport. Cut to commercial. We come back. It's like a five minute long scene of these characters trying to figure out how they're able to teleport. Did you notice this? Very economic use of screen time. It's just it couldn't could couldn't they have flipped those two things? Somehow? Uh it, I, it, it, I don't, it, it had to yeah. have been entirely based on timing. Like when they needed the commercial break to be, how long each scene was. Um you put the Geordie Data Wesley scene first, and suddenly the commercial break is pushed back ninety seconds, and um then the second act is too short. Like, you know, some bullshit like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I, I I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it, but um for the viewer it's terrible. It's just it's the, that's that's the most I think the most boring part of the episode because it's like, well, we just went through this. Um a structural issue to be sure. Yeah, yeah. I, so what happens after this? The, so there's there's a lot of a lot of kind of vague uh waxing poetic about, you know, what is terrorism, what is fighting for your nation or you know fighting for the 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 survival of your people or whatever there's right. there's there's this line that rusher says rusher crusher, rusher. crusher says <laughs> rusher that sounds like mega man's dog <laughs> uh, she says i live in an ideal culture yeah which seems like the exact opposite thing uh the the, the moral relativism cultural relativism of star trek would would kind of uh, prompt the character to say it's also just a weird, a weird thing to say of your own society. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, that's 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 a good point. It's like Crusher. Has she ever lost a patient? Yeah. Okay. Is this the ideal? Right. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, I I don't I don't think we've delved into this idea enough. There's something there's something about this line. I live in an ideal culture that is just it's so off putting. Um, but I don't want to spend too much time on it. It's it's, it's uh, something something for the list of things to to uh, write write an essay about or something. I guess I I'm waiting for a character to say I live in a post scarcity society. <laughs> That's not actually post scarcity. Um, Nobody likes characters. Characters because because uh, Finn invokes this. Characters always bring up like the human history of violence in this show. Hated this when, right? Yeah. When when anytime this is like almost ninety percent of the time when someone like Riker is like, oh, we've evolved beyond the need for warring amongst ourselves or whatever, seeking power, and then and then the alien will be like, well, actually, the war of seventeen seventy six proves otherwise. And it's like, well, I, I was, no. just just the idea, by the way, of an alien across the galaxy reading about George Washington is, is I have hilarious. read many of your so-called history books. And all the important events are before the year 2000. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> hmm, there doesn't seem to be anything about the troubles in here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm glad you hated that too. 
So, meanwhile, we, we do have a bit of Riker in this episode. He does not have sex with the woman, but he is working with Alexana. Alexana? The cop. Um, who is a Rushian tasked with... She was, she's been relocated to this particular city on Rushia in order to deal with the terrorists, and she's uh, really come to just despise them after seeing them blow up a bus full of school children. Seeing a child blow up a bus full of children. Yes, yeah. Yeah, right. Uh, which the terrorists claimed was supposed to be a police vehicle or something, or a military vehicle. You see, they're not bad guys. <laughs> they just wanted to blow up the police. They just made a mistake. It's just a simple mistake. He's blowing up a bunch of kids. Um, so yeah, there's there's a little a little bit of uh, sleuthing going on, some light sleuthing. Um, we see a shot of a surveillance room, and I don't think I even need to touch upon why this was weird. Yeah. The uh, the shot of of New York City. Yeah. <laughs> you could literally see the World Trade Center. Uh, which, for an episode about terrorism, is a little too on the nose, even if it is, you know, like ten years before it happened. Uh, it really should have been edited out of the, the Netflix, the the DVD. It should have been. It should. It should have just been uh, a blank screen. Now, I, I, I did, I'm not sure if if there were other American cities in there. I'm sure there were, but I was too distracted by by New York City, apparently being on Rishia. <laughs> It could be a replica. I mean, they're already very familiar with Earth history. Why not? Well, yeah, I guess that's true. It's, it's, it's like uh, it's like how there's like the pyramid in Vegas or the Eiffel Tower in Japan. Exactly. It's um, it's an homage. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Now, do you think <laughs> that do you think that they um, intentionally recreated the? Okay, hold on. The twin towers. Um, because the two towers is a Lord of the Rings novel. Yes. Okay. I always, I cannot get this right, almost ever. It's very difficult <laughs> for me. Uh, now that you mention it, I didn't even consider this, but yes, in the canon, in the canon of this universe, uh, the twin towers would have already been destroyed, which means that the Rushians would have had. This is like a, a historical reference. Yeah, a period accurate New York City. <laughs> Maybe maybe they built them out of some kind of uh, uh, I don't know, like like as a memorial or something. Maybe um, they're of this new stretchy material, so that if a Russian plane crashes into it, it just kind of <laughs> absorbs it. <laughs> I mean, when you think about it, if if Finn knows American history, maybe maybe American history is just taught on Russia. It's interesting, kind of like how in the U.S. they teach Spanish. In high school. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Uh, American <laughs> history instead of Earth history is just tickling me. Yeah, that's really funny. <laughs> uh, we are the most important country on Earth, of course. A bunch of Russians um, rec reciting the constitutional preamble for a test. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. And they, of course, they would have to learn about slavery. Well, you know, he, 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 th I don't think they teach critical race theory on Rusia. <laughs> I don't think there are black people on Rusia. No, no. Uh, 
despite it not being an idealized society. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So, uh, Riker and Alexana, I still don't know if I'm saying that right. Um, they bring in the waiter from at the beginning of the episode. Uh, yeah, they interacted do. for a second with Crusher. I forgot like that he was from the beginning of the episode. I don't yeah, pay attention. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And uh, he's he's on a list of of terrorist sympathizers. And Reich, Riker sees right through his act immediately. Right. They they ask him one question. He's like, <laughs> "Cut the crap." <laughs> yeah. And and look, here's the issue. Here's the issue I had. Riker effortlessly convinces Alexana to let this guy go. Yeah, very. He doesn't, he doesn't even ask her. He just cuts her off. Says to the guy, "All right, you go back to your people and tell right, them." Right, right. Where it's like it is not in her interest that the Federation gets Crusher back. It's in her interest to put this guy in jail or right. kill him or something. Like th- these two interests aren't even remotely aligned. I mean, I guess the Federation trades with them, so they need that. But still, I mean, the the, the way that Alexana thinks seems. Seems like she wouldn't have so easily capitulated to this, mm. you know. A little unnatural scene. Um, w- one note I did have: it's very rare. She refers to I want to. She says I want to go back to my own country, which is very rare for an alien to say in Star Trek. Yeah, you you have the sense that most planets are one city, <laughs> yeah, one set, right? Mm-hmm. So good for them. Yeah, I really, really like. I wish they did that more. They kind of you know, made made the distinction between different parts of a planet, because it's 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 the Star Wars problem too, right? You have the, the ice planet or the jungle planet, right? Everything's one note. Planet. What is it? Everyone's like a world of hats. There's just one hat, and that's it. What? You never heard this before? Referring to no. this this thing as a world of hats? No. I mean, just picture it's a different world, but everybody's got a different hat on, and that's is, that's, is that, what they, is that what they say about Star Trek? Yeah, that's pretty funny. It is. You know, it did have a world of hats. Uh, what's that? Uh, uh, my grandson played it. Super Super Mario, the Super Mario Odyssey. Oh yeah, that was World of Hats. It had the World of Hats in it. Right now, I, I yeah. if I have good authority here, this should be similar to World of Tanks. Oh, I haven't heard about that one. Uh, I've I've heard the name, and both start with the first two words. So, so it must be yeah, it must be related. Yeah, yeah. It's similar That's to how, how Star Trek and media. Star Wars are related. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Lost in space, right? Trek. Uh, Babylon Five. Firefly. Uh. <laughs> what was what was the other uh, one? The Firefly <laughs> spinoff synthesizer, whatever. Was that a thing, really? Serenity. Serenity. Is that it? That that rings a bell. That rings a bell. Okay. I've never seen it. I've never seen Firefly. Is there a Firefly spinoff? Well, there's a movie with a title, I think. Or maybe the... It's not a (laughs) spinoff. Maybe the show was spun off of the movie. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Serenity is the movie. Okay. Which was spun off of the show. If you want to put it that way, accurately. So does does this finish the story or? I have never fucking seen it. I don't know. 
What do they got? Firefly Nathan comes Fillin? off. Firefly comes off to me like a something Reddit would really like. Yeah, a lot of quipping. It looks like there's a lot of quips. It's Joss Whedon, right? I imagine. Yeah, it's Joss Whedon. Oh, you mean noted, noted so sex bad. pest? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> As if anyone had any doubt. There's there's no man in the world who wants to create a uh, a TV series that that displays uh, a strong women or whatever that that isn't just a, a raging sex offender slash pedophile. Yeah, hundred percent. It's it's all it's all a cover. Um, but yeah. Anyway, I digress. It, there's a very pivotal scene that happens after this. We we go back to the bridge of the Enterprise, and Data is talking to Picard about how he doesn't understand the, uh, what does he say? Um, I, why people wouldn't do a terrorism if it's so effective. Sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's, he's wondering why Picard is, is try, I guess, trying to, um, fight these terrorists from a morally, yeah, uh, like, like a moral high ground or something. Right. Because data is confused <laughs> because of the opposition to terrorism versus its effectiveness, right? And we get a little bit of lore here. We do, we do. The, they mention first. They mention, um, I think, the United States, maybe. Um, yeah, uh, no, the independence of the Mexican state. That was it from Spain. Um, then they mention the Irish conflict, which was in 2024. A little forward thinking. Yeah, the the, the Irish unification of 2024. Right, which was cool. I like that. And so, so uh, real quick, this was um, actually this this was at the time taking advantage of our promotional uh, uh, stunt where Data would say your name. Yes. During an episode, the the uh, Irish opposition kind of uh, as a group paid for this to happen, um, and we actually were we're able to work this in really well, which is really cool. But, uh, at the time we got in a lot of hot water with BBC for it. Mm. Uh, Very controversial and, over there. Yeah. When, when we wanted to, uh, when we wanted to air this in the country, um, they required us to, to ADR a line of Brent saying British unification instead. Um, and the result of this, well, it was kind of twofold. The first is that we ended up having this weird split cannon in Star Trek for about 20 years, um, where the the British Star Trek lore um, had O'Brien as the sole survivor, the, the, the sole surviving Irishman in the entire universe, right? Mm. Um, and we did, thankfully, eventually resolve this, and, and we put the two timelines back together. Um, there was a comic book. It was a limited co comic book series in 2011 called uh, Crisis of Infinite O'Briens, where um, I'm sure you can imagine the plot there, but it was a um, pivotal issue. It was it was actually probably one of the best uh, Trek pieces of apocrypha I've ever read. So definitely pick that up um, if you can get it for a decent price. Nowadays, I mean the the omnibuy kind of tend to run a little high, but I it's worth it for that issue and what it usually sells for. Anything under I don't know three fifty is mm -hmm. is pretty reasonable. Yeah, yeah, you can read it and then sell it back probably in another couple of years for may maybe a few hundred bucks more. It's it's become kind of a hot item. Um, 
but yeah, the, the other issue is that uh, because because uh, because of the payment, um, the the money that was uh, that was exchanged, the Irish were not very happy about us making that change. Yeah, but uh, the Irish are never happy. No, no, they never will be either. It's, it's who they are, of course. They'll be happy when they got a nice pint in their hand. Oh, pint. A pint. I uh, like that other Star Trek episode. <laughs> D- don't you like girls? Oh, that one. Up the long yeah. ladder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Say its name. <laughs> uh, and then we have the Kenzie Rebellion. Yeah, which was another bit of alt history, which is cool. Yeah, that was... That was uh interesting to say the least yeah so we wrote a backstory for this one because it wasn't as self-evident as um the other examples but the idea was that in the united states every single person um named mackenzie came together to riot because the official shortening of their name was changing from mac to kenzie and Mm -hmm. they didn't like that you know they rioted let the world know and you know had their terrorism and accomplished their goal it was a cool little Mm -hmm. bit of world building i believe yeah, I really inspired, actually. Yeah, hell yeah. It's kind of th- this is an example, I think, of what makes Trek Trek. You know, it's it's different. Mm. Uh, I do think there was a book written on this too, the Kenzie Rebellion. Wouldn't surprise me. Um, it's a so, it's a rife source for various apocrypha. Yeah, uh, unconfirmed as of yet, but uh, if if you uh, if you want to Google that, uh, check it out, Ensigns. The Kenzie um, Rebellion. So down back on the planet, Finn is uh, ah ah. So here's what happens: the guy that Riker let go, mm-hmm. uh, in order to deliver the message that the the Federation is willing to negotiate for the release of their prisoner, the guy tells Finn that uh, the Federation is working with the Lucians. Yeah, that was kind of funny to me. <laughs> <laughs> and and never never anywhere is it addressed that Riker really fucked that one up. Um, but it's also kind of stupid on the terrorist part because that's what they have the hostage for to negotiate with the Federation. So why why well, try to mess that up when you're trying to get a seat at the table? Well, I don't think they're trying to negotiate so much as get the Federation to apply pressure on their own. Um, yeah, I, I suppose so, but that, that could easily be done through like a, a negotiate, like a, like a, an avenue of negotiation or I mean, just as easily. Sure. I lack thereof. Sure. I'm just saying it doesn't readily conflict with the plan that Finn outlines in the episode. I, I just think it overly complicates things. For sure, I, I could I could be stupid. I don't know. Um, but then then Finn gets all angry, and uh, he's he's like, hey, "There's some line where he says, oh, is your son aboard the Enterprise?'" And he's like, "I'm sorry, I'm gonna blow it up.'" <laughs> <laughs> Which kind of comes out of left field, don't you think? Um, I guess a little i don't know a little silly it is silly but you know for a terrorist it's like whatever <laughs> that's what terrorists do they blow stuff up um 
But uh, Crusher starts like crying or whatever, which seems to me I don't know, a little bit out of character. A little bit. She's a maybe. Woman. She's a woman. Uh, and and she tells Finn. Here's an interesting line. This this has a lot of uh, a lot of baggage to it. She says, "I will do anything you ask." Yes, <clears throat> that really set uh, minds ablaze. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had um, uh, Melinda and, and Gabrielle, the uh, the writer and the director, respectively, for for those who uh, who aren't up on their Trek staff. Um, <clears throat> they they clashed really heavily on their their ideas of what the implications of this line were. Mm. Um, Melinda, Melinda argued heavily for a scene where Finn forces Crusher to give him a Blumpkin. Uh, and Gabrielle thought he was more of a bobsledding kind of guy. And, um, in the end, they, they just, they couldn't compromise on their respective visions. And we, we kind of left this thread dangling, mm. um, dangling really low. And, uh. It's just you know it's 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 another one of those things that kind of gets lost and it's 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 a shame that we could have had an interesting scene there. Well, that's what's nice about apocrypha, you know, is we can expand on these things. Right, right, yeah, exactly. And I've seen this expanded <laughs> upon in many different ways. Oh, you've seen an expansion? Yeah, I'm very hmm. into the expansion here. Interesting. Yes, yes. Well, you know. We so all... the aforementioned. Uh, oh yeah, go ahead. No, yeah, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> and this is the rest of the podcast. I'm just gonna <laughs> do this for the next twenty minutes. Yeah. So uh, the the aforementioned um, uh, plot to blow up the Enterprise starts taking place, right? Yeah, and it's they mildly are... exciting. I think. Yeah, I mean, it's a better action scene than last episode, isn't it? Oh hell yeah! Um, people are getting shot. People are a guy in a red shirt gets shot. How's that for some? Star Trek. Yeah, there's a lot of killing in this episode. Which is... It ties into the terrorist stuff, I guess. It's a lot, I guess it does, yeah, you're right. It's a lot easier to talk about these... Um, rather not easier, but it's all, it's more pertinent to talk about these themes when there's consequences. Granted, none of the principal characters die, but still. It's believable. Oh, wait, that... wait, wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm sorry. We totally forgot to mention that scene where Finn teleports aboard in front of Troy... No, I think that's after, isn't it? It couldn't be. Why? Why would they try to negotiate with the Enterprise after they tried to blow them up? I just because no, but then why would they them, try to blow them up after asking to negotiate? I don't know. Maybe it had been twelve hours because he gives them twelve hours, and they they don't because because them beaming aboard allows Wesley to pinpoint the location of their device, oh, you're and that's right. when they go invade. So yeah. Yeah, it's it's before he gives them this ultimatum where it's like, okay, you start putting pressure on Ruchia, blockade them with uh, Federation ships, uh, and you have twelve hours to decide. I I just I think it was just unclear that the twelve hours had passed. Okay, I buy this. Which I guess starts it starts to make more sense now why he would say he's going to blow up the Enterprise because <clears throat> he had already given them the ultimatum. Mm. Um, but in any case, that. It seems kind of awkward. It's just an excuse for Troy to be there doing something. Yeah, it is. It is. It's. It's, it's a weird scene. She just stands there silently. I. It's so weird. I couldn't shake the idea that Troy was not going to remember the information that she had to communicate. <laughs> <laughs> she. She just didn't tell anyone that happened. Right. Or she's like, she was, they. She... They want us to trade with the planet. <laughs> I think 
She, she was too busy trying to get it in somewhere. If she's trying to get it in? Yeah. Get it in her, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Is that is that is that the right way to use that phrase? I'm I'm sure I thought it was I thought it was sex neutral. No, I would assume that men try to get it in. Yeah, but women also try to get it in themselves. That seems like a perversion of the phrase. We need I need to know this. Can women use the phrase get it in? Are they allowed legally? What does it feel like a woman like for a woman to have a penis inside her? Is that is that where you've landed? <laughs> yeah, well, that's the second link that comes up. Uh, it feels like springtime, son. It feels like salty milk and coins. <laughs> Bag of sand. <laughs> yeah, whatever. I'm not. We're we're not spending time on this. Who cares? Um. Yeah. So 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 we get these guys teleporting uh, pretty much across the Enterprise. There's one that teleports into a corridor, shoots a guy, and this. This woman just runs away screaming. Just kind of funny. Typical, typical behavior. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We have one teleport to the scaffolding of engineering, which is where a lot of action seems to take place. It's a dramatic location. It is. You know, like someone has the high, the high ground. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> someone always has the high ground because, you know, if they're there, you have to climb up the ladder. Um, the long ladder. Or take the very slow elevator. Right. Which could, could result in you... Wiping out and breaking uh, a bone or something. I think that was a season four episode, the very slow elevator. <laughs> no, that was a children's book. Oh, I see. Um, yeah, so Jordy's in engineering and he has to contend with, I think, a couple guys who teleport right. in there as one. Um, I, th there's a scene where he he like dodges out of the way of like a a, a laser bolt or something. Rifle fire. This. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I, I thought it might be interesting for, for people who haven't really seen the production side of things uh, to go over this, because this, this scene looks like it's comprised of two cuts, um, but it's actually three. There's the, the shot of LeVar jumping. There's a second shot where he re we, we replace him in midair with the stunt double, um, who, by the way, in this episode was white, but that's another story. And um, the final third shot is LeVar falling on the ground. Um, but those first two shots, they, they, they look like they're like seamless. Hmm. Um, and you know, I'm not, I'm not an editor by any stretch of the imagination, but, uh, I just thought that's an interesting tidbit. It is editing magic. Um, yeah. That you don't often pay attention to, especially as a casual viewer. Um, it's easy for that to get lost, but just, just some insight into how your favorite productions are made. Yeah, I mean, not your uh, favorite, but but their favorite. <laughs> but yeah, someone's someone's favorite somewhere. Yeah. So one of them plants a bomb on the the engine, right? Yes, and it's just very obvious and very generous timer. <laughs> yeah, you know they they could have easily just dropped a bomb that would explode in five seconds and then teleport right off the ship. But they didn't, uh, thankfully. Yeah, they gave him the full, you know, 20 minutes to disarm it. Yeah. And uh, Jordy manages to get the bomb off. I thought it was a nice scene where he, 
he he throws the bomb on the floor and he's like, okay, uh, lock on the my signal. Yeah, yeah. Lock on to, and then he jumps out of the way. That was kind of cool. I like that. Yeah, it's again a nice little action scene which continues onto the the bridge. Yes, yes, it does. Um, they beam in the bridge and there's a confrontation. Picard, uh, Dex, Finn, they go to the ground. There's some other people exchanging fire. I think Worf gets hit. Um, yeah, Worf gets hit. It's neat. It's it's nice that Patrick finally got his action scene. You know, I I just want to see this old bald man kick ass. Yeah. <laughs> Little did we know he would he would grow older and bolder. Well, only one of those was thought to be possible. <laughs> and and yet we we now have to see him in more action scenes than we ever did in this show. I just you he know hobbles around. As alarming as it is for Patrick to um, be in action scenes, like moving around in his advanced age, just mm. the normal dialogue he speaks and the strain of his voice <laughs> and how difficult yes. it is for him to, to you know, produce <laughs> vocalizations is way more disconcerting for me to see as a viewer. You're right. You're right. His voice is he's always shaking like this. <laughs> If you fancy the Jonas Brothers, cover your belly. <laughs> it is really depressing. It's just you're watching a man deteriorate in front of your eyes. But he shouldn't need uh, need the money. Is the thing? No, it's it's entirely it's entirely like a, a vanity thing. Right. He always wanted Picard to be an action star. So now now he's like, well, I'll I'll do Picard. The, the the new Picard show. If I get to run around and shoot things, which it's like it's it's just a eighty seventy year old man playing pretend, right? It's pathetic, and people love it. I know. I know. Oh, Picard's so cool, badass. It's a badass. It's funny because, like, I mean. Most of the other characters, the returning characters, are like believable to a degree. You know that that uh, seven of nine still seven, looks okay. That's Voyager, right? That's Voyager. Okay. One day I'll get there. Yeah, one day. I I've I heard that the setup for Voyager borrows heavily from uh, points that that Deep Space Nine put down. Hmm. Uh, I I will say it looks a little flat though. So, you may not like it. I don't really get this. Uh, do you just not care at all uh, about how things look? <laughs> we're not getting into this right now. We'll do, we will if we have to. No, we're no, we're not we're not doing this right now. We we have an episode to finish. We've already been we've we've been going for a while. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> Join us next time for our no holds barred DS9. Yeah, yeah, maybe maybe we'll do that. I don't know. Um <clears throat> okay, so You can't they, do that. That's a barred hold. They capture Picard. Uh cuz cuz Finn teleports with Picard. It, Finn teleports while hugging Picard basically. Hmm. And they capture him and bind him up in the cave. And um I think their plans to kill him. Their plan is to kill him. And Crusher says, no, don't kill him. Yeah, don't kill him. Yeah, don't kill him. And um, 
there's it's this is structured i think very poorly but there's this whole question of like how trusting the relationship is between crusher and finn and uh it's like can she navigate picard's hatred of this guy and this guy trying to kill picard and you know is is she going to be able to get the two of them out safely while also respecting finn finn's cause or whatever which she clearly has some interest in they make some implications of stockholm syndrome going on yeah they do they do but they kind of hand wave it away you know like uh. it's like oh no that's not it yeah picard says oh i shouldn't have to tell you about stockholm syndrome and crush is like i know silly yeah 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 which just uh it feels submissive yeah. submissive sub dismissive okay I, so I was dismissive. like <laughs> knowing you i'm like all right i guess that's where he's going with this uh, i'll just play along <laughs> yeah, it feels dismissive but uh yeah so yeah there's that scene where she like starts getting mad at him or whatever mm-hmm. and she she walks away and then he walks up to her hands her his notepad and then he himself walks away and then she slowly turns it over and it's just pictures of her face right Andrew. and it was a number of things like pictures of two hands holding each other her face her eyes um we had commissioned another one which was uh crusher and picard having sex right but yeah it wasn't finished in time so instead we just had these um but yeah apparently you draw somebody it means you're a good guy I guess so. <laughs> and that's that's the thing. It's like, okay, he kidnapped her, uh tried to kill her son, um uh kept her there against her will even after there was no reason for her to be there. Has probably killed tons of people, and now he's drawing her like a stalker. And she's into it. Right, right, right. Well, you know, it's typical women. But there's there's nothing there that's like, obviously this was supposed to be a moment where it's like we recognize his humanity or something. But no, he's just a creep. He's just a fucking creep. Well, I mean, it wouldn't be the first time that a, a creepy behavior was portrayed as romantic in a yeah, some you're production. Right. You're right. <laughs> Especially in Star Trek. Yes. <laughs> oh god, it's so bad. So the uh, the Enterprise crew and uh, uh, some of the um, what's this planet called? Russian. So yeah, some of the Russians. Uh, a total of like six people. Uh, Storm this terrorist organization. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, very effectively, I might add. None of these terrorists are able to locate their guns to uh to resist. They're caught completely unawares. Mm-hmm. And this is all thanks to Wesley, by the way. Thank God he wasn't on the away team. Yeah. So he's able to pinpoint the location. And the, uh, I would say the, 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 uh, the ultimate scene here, the real climax is Finn running into Crusher and Picard's, quote, cell. Love nest. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, He's like he's like all incredulous and he's he's about to shoot Crusher, and then um, Alexana shoots him, and then Riker looks at her and says, "You didn't have to kill him." <laughs> <laughs> we 
which is um wrong kind of patently unfalse unfall untrue wow <laughs> wow i can't talk today unfalse patently untrue yeah uh, he was literally about to kill crusher nobody cares nobody see yeah, yeah Riker didn't care you didn't have to kill him yeah okay and then uh then she's held up by by the ch- oh we didn't t- we didn't talk about the child uh played by uh christopher uh, uh what's his last name reeves i don't know uh not not, not christopher reeves <laughs> um although this child is similarly uh dead uh died from a drug overdose at 24 good for him the more you know so yeah she's she's then i think she is held at gunpoint by the kid right mm. And, and then they convince him to put it down, and oh, the cycle of violence is over. Yeah, Crusher says, "No more killing." And the kid <laughs> says, "Oh, okay." And then, yeah, he puts it down, and then he's taken off to the 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 processing center, where he'll probably get killed. No more killing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, they they do make this stupid trait cycle of violence point, and uh, it's dumb, and I hate it. And then the episode then ends. The, the episode ends. Yeah. Mercifully. <laughs> it wasn't that uh, bad, but still. It's like, yeah, it is pretty. I, if there was ever an episode that was like a five, the exact medium point of of this show quality, uh, I would probably say this one. Yeah, I think I agree with you on that. It's it's watchable, but it's not something I want to watch again. Right. For a very long time or possibly ever. Although I'm sure I will, one day. This gets two and a half saucer steps. Out of five? Out of five. I buy that. I buy that. Uh, so I guess I need to have a question for you now. Yeah. You need to. You need need to. I need need to. Okay. So, um, I don't know if you remember, probably not. This is kind of a weird thing to remember, but... There's a fixture of the bridge that, in this episode, becomes solidified uh, for the rest of the series. Mm, uh, of the bridge? Of the bridge. Like, you know, the environment. Okay. What is it? Is that the question? What is it? Okay. Mm, is yeah. it is it the little side seat that Crusher sits on at the end of the episode? No, actually, that was added quite a while ago. Damn. Although there there was some inconsistency because we had we had like at least one episode that was filmed before that was put in but aired after it was put in in the show canonically. Okay, okay. So it would just randomly disappear. But it's not that. That's not the answer. It's not that, no. Hmm. Trying to think of what parts were featured of the bridge. Finn shoots the consoles, but I think those were already the same. Yeah, those those were those were there. Yeah. Um, it's not the plaque. The plaque's been there, and that wasn't really featured no. here. Think, uh, think, think a little more generally. Okay. Pretty is that, big. Does that have to do with the horseshoe? Like the the, the horseshoe, the rising platform behind the captain. Oh no 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 no! It's not the horseshoe. Uh, is it the lighting? The ceiling? Not the lighting. <laughs> <But>. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I give up. Okay. 
It is actually the color of the carpet. Ah. It, is, it is changed to a darker blue, and it remains that way for the rest of the series after there have been probably three or four carpet changes up to now. Well, you know, we're upholstery fiends. Yeah, yeah. We we finally got it uh, looking exactly how we imagined it. In in Gene's vision of the future with dark blue carpets. <laughs> dark blue carpets, yeah, yeah. Well, but uh, now you know. Now, very, now, now you can bring that up at uh, parties. Very benign trivia question. And I, you know, I'm always at parties with you. I know you bring it up all the time. <laughs> I just closed my ears in case this is a trivia question in the future. <laughs> <laughs> You're so dedicated to the show. You know me. It's the only thing I have to live for. Right. Yeah. Well, same. Well, not only and that. We, we won't be living very much longer anyway. Especially after my next anecdote. Um, usually this is where I recap the sponsors of the Readier Room. Uh, I want to point out that I've recently visited a Denny's. Mm. Um, and it's changed a lot since I've last been there. Um, there were no breakfast items. Instead, it was just a bunch of, uh, ramen and parfaits and, uh, Japanese fried chicken. How did this happen? I don't... Since when did Denny's become a Japanese restaurant? It's very, very strange, but... I went in there, and um, I, I, just to you know connect with the ensigns, the experience they'll be having, and uh, I was pleasantly surprised. All the food was hmm. was edible, and you know I went in, I sat down at the table, I got my receipt when I was leaving. I went up to the counter, and I kind of like leaned on the counter, gave him a wink, and said, "Ah, Lidiadis. and um, <laughs> got my fifteen percent off. It was great. Oh wow. Wow! Yeah, we 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 got a we got a big reach. I gotta say, we do doing a good job. Global, if you will. Yeah, born global. Hmm. Born global, born mobile. This will be the end of this episode of the Readier Room. As I mentioned, this, uh, podcast is sponsored by Denny's, home of the Grand Slam, and also a pretty satisfying Tauntaun Men. If you're of that persuasion, uh, Readier Room is also brought to you by Pet Boys, home of the three minute oil change. And they get it done there at the Pep Boys. You can drop the readier slogan at any of these establishments for a 15% discount. Join us next week. We're going to tackle another episode of The Next Generation, thus making it the next, next generation. And until then, I implore everybody listening to please stay readier. The troublesome little man-child. I stand before you defrocked. To be a member of this lowest of species. Thank you, Ensign. Engage. inside the bottle bottle.